Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. This is the NBC University Theater, presenting another in our stories of radio plays based on the world's great stories. Tonight we bring you Voltaire's Candide, with Eddie Bracken in the title role. Some called Voltaire godless, some called him good, some found him wicked, but no one found him dull. And of all his works, the one which best illustrates this point is the one you will hear tonight. Another in our series of dramatizations of great stories, Voltaire's Candide. This is Monsieur Voltaire. In the castle of Baron Thonotentronk in Westphalia, there lived a youth endowed by nature with the most gentle character. His face was the expression of his soul. His judgment was quite honest, and he was extremely simple-minded. And this was the reason, I think, that he was named Candide. I suspect my mother was the Baron's sister, and my father a decent, honest gentleman of the neighborhood. Alas... He could prove only 71 quarterings in his genealogical tree. Now, Baron Thondotentronk was one of the most powerful lords in Westphalia, for his castle possessed a door and windows. His great hall was even decorated with a piece of tapestry, and most important, the Baroness weighed about 350 pounds and was therefore greatly respected. Her daughter, Cunegond, was rosy-cheeked, fresh, plump, and tempting. <laughs> the tutor, Pangloss, was the oracle of the house, and Candide followed his lessons with all the candor of his age and character. Pangloss taught... Metaphysico, theologio, cosmologiology. Eh, Dr. Pangloss? Metaphysico... Theologio, cosmologiology. There is no effect without a cause, and this is the best of all possible worlds. Then this is the best of all possible castles. It cannot be otherwise. Since everything is made for an end, everything is necessarily for the best end. Then all is well, Dr. Pangloss. Nonsense, Candide. All is not well. No? No. All is not well. All is for the best in this best of all possible worlds. <laughs> it happened in this best of all possible worlds that Candide met Cunegonde and observed that she blushed. Candide also blushed. 
<clears throat> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Cunegon. <laughs> the next day, after dinner, Cunegonde and Candide found themselves behind a screen. Cunegonde dropped her handkerchief, and Candide picked it up. She innocently held his hand, and the young man innocently kissed the young lady's hand. Their lips met, their eyes sparkled, their knees trembled, their hands... Oh, no! Naturally, it was the Baron. Passing near the screen, he had observed cause and effect. Now he expelled Candide from the castle by kicking him. Ouch! Accurately. Frequently. Oh, oh, oh! And hard. I am going to faint. She fainted. When she recovered her senses, the Baroness slapped her in the face. Oh, no! Oh, no, 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 And all was in consternation in the noblest and most agreeable of all possible castles. And so Cunegonde wailed, the Baroness screamed, Baron Thunderton kicked hard, and Candide was expelled from the earthly paradise, rubbing his pride. He dragged himself toward the neighboring town of Walbergov Trapt Dickdorf, where he halted sadly before the village inn and went inside. <laughs> Comrade, uh-huh. there's a well-built young man. Mm. Just the right height, I would say. I think so, too. Sir. Do you mean me? I do. Will you have dinner with us? Dinner? Well, gentlemen, you, you do me a, a great honor. Not at all. I have no money to pay my share. Ah, sir, persons of your figure and merit never pay anything. I, I see. Oh, Dr. Pangloss was right. Everything is for the best. Well, sit down, then. Uh, uh, thank you. Innkeeper, three dinners and three tankards first. Uh, tell me, sir, have you heard of the king of the Bulgarians? No, no, gentlemen, I'm ashamed to say I have not. Ah, he is the most charming of kings. You must drink to his health. Oh, gladly, sir. Three tankards of the best, gentlemen. Thank you, innkeeper. A toast. A toast? To the king of the Bulgarians. Of course, to the king of the Bulgarians. Drink deep. Uh, that is all. What did you say? He said, that's all. You are now, by that oath, the support, the aid, the defender, the hero of the Bulgarians. Exactly. Your fortune is made. And your glory assured. Kaspar, fetch the lag irons for the hero. They immediately put irons on his legs and dragged him off to a cell. Stand up, prisoner. What do you want with me? We give you a choice. Yes, 
You can exercise your free will. Either to be lashed 36 times by the whole regiment or to receive a dozen lead bullets in your brain. Which do you prefer? Are men's wills free? Of course. Then I want neither. Oh, no. You are free to make a choice. A choice of the bullets or the lash. Very well. I choose the lash. Ansel Candide determined to run the gauntlet 36 times. And actually, he did so twice. There were 2,000 men in the regiment. That made 4,000 strokes which laid bare the muscles and nerves on his back. As they were about to proceed to a third turn, Candide, utterly exhausted, begged a small favor. so kind? Will you do me the human kindness to smash my head in? <laughs> of course. We're not inhuman. Kaspar, bind his eyes. Kneel, Candide. Oh, how can I ever thank you? Just shut up and kneel. A little more. Make way for me. Make way for the king of all Bulgaria. What goes on? Well. They told the king, and being possessed of vast genius, the king of Bulgaria perceived that Candide was a young metaphysician, very ignorant in worldly matters. Unbind him. Do as I say. Ah, that's better. Rise, Candide, you are free! This clemency of the King of Bulgaria will be praised in all newspapers and all ages. An honest surgeon healed Candide with ointments, recommended by Dioscorides, and in three weeks... Our hero had regained a little skin and could even run. In fact, he did not stop running till he reached Holland. In Holland, he was overjoyed to meet the philosopher Dr. Pangloss, and together they journeyed to Lisbon. What can be the sufficient reason for this phenomenon, Candy? I don't know. Let's get out of here. What did you say? Candy! Candy! Where are you? Are you dead, Candy? I think so. Then it must be for the best. Alas, Dr. Pangloss... Get me a little wine and oil. I am not dead. I am dying. This earthquake is not a new thing. True, Dr. Pangloss, but I am dying. There must certainly be a train of sulfur underground. Nothing is more probable, but for God's sake, a little oil and wine. What do you mean probable? I maintain that it is proved. Oil. 
Yet all this is for the best. Why? For if there is a volcano at Lisbon, it cannot be anywhere else. For it is impossible that things should not be where they are. For all is well. And it necessarily proves, my dear Candide, that in this best of all possible worlds... Aren't you listening, Candide? Curious? He's actually fainted. Well, after the earthquake, which destroyed three quarters of Lisbon, the wise men of that country decided that the sight of several persons being slowly burned in great ceremony is an infallible secret for preventing earthquakes. Now, among others, they seized Pangloss and Candide. Candide was flogged in time to the music, and Dr. Pangloss was hanged, although this is not the custom. Oh, my son, you're all covered with blood. Am I? Oh, you're quivering from head to foot. I I can't help it. If this is the best of all possible worlds, what kind of worlds are the others? Eh? Let it pass. Oh, my dear Pangloss, the greatest of philosophers. You don't say. Hanged. Looks it, doesn't it? Why? Why was it done? Now, that's a question. Why? Hanged, and I don't even know the reason why. Oh, Mademoiselle Cunigan, the pearl of woman. Did you see Cunigan? Yes. Oh, Cunigan. Courage, my son. Courage, and follow me. It can't be. Oh, can't it? Follow me. Darling. Beloved. Dearest, dearest, Candy. What a surprise. Oh, my darling, darling, darling. For heaven's sake, stop making so much talk. (coughs) Pay no attention to her, Candy. I won't. How are you here, Coonagon? How did it happen? Oh, Candy, it is a terrible story. I was fast asleep in bed when it pleased heaven to send the Bulgarians. No. Yes. They murdered my father and cut my mother to pieces. No. Yes. A large Bulgarian, seeing that I had swooned at the spectacle, commenced to beat me. No. Yes. This brought me to. I should hope so. Then the brute stabbed me with a knife in my left side. I still have the scar. Alas. I hope I shall see it. You will. Go on, Cunegan. After much wandering and ill adventure, my dear Candide, I came to Lisbon and to your arms. Darling. Let us not stay here another day. But this is the best of all possible cities. Let us go across the ocean, Candide. Let us go to... Yes? To... Yes? I have it. We shall go to Buenos Aires. They finally arrived at Buenos Aires and went to call on the governor, Don Fernando del Barra y Figuera y Mascareñas y Lampudos y Sousas. 
this gentleman had the pride befitting a man who owned so many names. He had a furious passion for women, and the first thing he did was to ask. Senor Candide. Yes, Excellency. Is the lady your wife? Uh, my, 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 my wife? That is my question. Well, uh, Good, I... I want to marry her at once. Your Excellency. Thank you. But Your Excellency... Sir, I am Don Fernando de Barri, Fiore, Mascareñes, Lampurdos, Isauza. Be careful. I am a passionate man. Senorita Conegond, it is in your power to become the wife of the greatest noble in South America. <laughs> You have an exceedingly fine moustache, Your Excellency. Then it is agreed. You will never regret. But we came here to have you marry us. Alfonso, Pablo, Felipe, Manuel, Pedro, drag this scum from my sight. Give him a good beating and send him away. Alas, Candide was forced to quit Buenos Aires while his heart beat in anguish for the fair Cunegonde. He wandered throughout South America until he came to the fabulous land of El Dorado, where pebbles of gold lay untouched in the streets and small children played with diamonds and other precious stones. But here he found an old man. I, I am a hundred and seventy years old. You don't look a day over ninety. Uh, thank you, my son. Uh, have a drink from his diamond cup. <gasps> oh! <laughs> yeah, see, you like all Europeans. You have an inconceivable lust for the pebbles and mud of our land. And it'll kill us to the last man to get possession of them. Yes, you are right about us. Tell me, sir... What is your religion? We have the religion of everyone else. We adore God from evening until morning. Well, do you adore only one God? Manifestly. There are not two or three or four. Forgive me. But where are your priests? My friend, we are all priests. You mean you have no monks? No. We have no one to teach, to dispute, to govern, to intrigue. And to burn people who do not agree with him. If only my friend Dr. Pangloss could have lived to see El Dorado. He would have loved to see you and all this gold and precious stones. <laughs> Poor Candide. Yeah, if you like this yellow mud and these stones, scoop them up. I'll give you a sheep to carry him. Take as much as you want. My fortune is made. How can I thank you? Yeah, don't bother. We load 50 sheep with gold. Precious stones and diamonds. And I shall ransom Cunicant. She'll be mine again, old man. I will rescue her from a faith worse than... Don Fernando de Barrio Figueroa Mascarena Silampudisisusa. It was on the tip of my tongue. Goodbye, old man. The first day of his travels was quite pleasant and Candide carved the name of Cunegonde on the trees. The second day, two of the ship were swallowed up in the marsh. Seven or eight died of hunger in the desert. Several others fell off precipices. Finally, after a hundred days of travel, only two sheep were left. By this time, Candide had arrived at Suriname, 
where he found a Negro lying on the ground wearing only a pair of blue cotton trousers. This poor man had no left leg and no right hand. Good heavens! What are you doing in this horrible state? I am waiting for my master. Was it your master who treated you this way? Naturally. Horrible. No, it is the custom. Twice a year, we are given a pair of cotton drawers as clothing. But your leg, your hand. Nothing, nothing at all. When we work in the sugar mills and the grindstone catches our fingers, they cut off the hand. When we try to run away, they cut off a leg. Oh, Pangloss, this is too much. This is an abomination. I shall have to renounce optimism. Optimism? Alas. What is optimism, my friend? I thought everyone knew. Why, it is the mania of maintaining that everything is well when we are wretches. Oh, Pangloss. Pangloss. Thus sighing, Candide went in search of Mademoiselle Cunegonde. But instead of finding her, he lost much of his wealth and was carried by ship to France, where, as in the rest of Europe, the chief occupation is making love. The second, scandal-mongering, and third, talking nonsense. Candide shook his head and sadly asked a man called Martin the question that was on his lips. Monsieur, I am very sad. To what end was this world formed? Mm. Have men always been liars and cheats and traitors, monsieur? Have they always been weak and cowardly and gluttonous and fanatical? Do you think sparrow hooks have always eaten pigeon? Oh, yes, of course, monsieur. Well, if sparrow hooks have always possessed the same nature, why should you expect men to change theirs? Oh, but there is a great difference. Free will, Pangloss said. Excuse me, monsieur. You are ill. Let me get you something. I'm afraid so. I think you'd better get me a doctor right away. Well, the story is nearly finished. I shan't bother to tell you the rest, for frankly, I'm getting a little bored anyhow. It is enough to say that in the house of a Transylvanian prince... On the shores of Propentis, Candide was miraculously reunited with Cunigund, who was now a blear-eyed old woman hanging out clothes on a line. Unfortunately, they were married. However, even more miraculous was the reappearance of Pangloss, who had been hanged, but not well. After they had embraced for the hundredth time, they met a famous dervish, who was supposed to be the best philosopher in all Turkey. Shall I speak to him, Pangloss? No, no, I'll speak to the famous dervish. Sir! Yes? What do you want, infidel? A question, master. We have come to beg you to tell us why so strange an animal as man was ever created. Is it your business? Huh? I, I, I asked to, uh, politely, of course, that... Uh, I repeat, uh, is it your business? Uh, I am a philosopher. No doubt. Please, Master, there is a horrible amount of evil in this world. Listen to me. 
I have 20 acres of land. I cultivate them with my children. And work keeps at bay the three great evils. Three, Master? Yes. Boredom, vice, and need. My existence is preferable to that of kings. Oh! The, the question, then, is exalted rank. Uh, Eglon, king of the Moabites, was murdered by Ehud. Absalom was hanged by the hair and pierced by three darts. Pangloss. King Nadab, son of Jeroboam, was killed by Basha. King Elah by Zimri. Ahaziah by Jehu. And Dr. Pangloss. Croesus, Darius, Danes of Syracuse, Caesar, Pompey, Nero, Henry VI, Richard III. Excuse me, uh, Dr. Pangloss. Uh, I know all these things, and I know that it is better that we should cultivate our gardens. What's that? He means, let us work without theorizing. Oh, I see. Come along, Pangloss. We'll buy a little farm. Kunigunda's very ugly now, but she's an excellent pastry cook. Excellent. You see, all events, my dear Candide, are linked up in this best of all possible worlds. Yes? Of course. If you had not been expelled from the castle for love of Cunegonde, if you'd not wandered about America on foot, if you'd not lost all your sheep from the land of El Dorado... Well? Don't you see? You would not be able to live here and eat candied citrons and pistachios. Hmm. Tis well said, Pangloss, but we must cultivate our gardens. Yes, my dear? Where are you going? Oh, I, I, uh, out, out for a game of cards with the boys. Again? It's it's the first time. You and brute. Uh, uh, yes, my dear. Don't my dear me. Uh, no, my dear. You don't love me anymore, Candy. Oh, I didn't you say... You abuse me behind my back. Oh, you prefer me. the innkeeper's company to mine. Oh, that's you not... You track your dirty feet over my nice new kitchen I... floor. You never tell me anymore how nice I look. Oh, but you do. You never tell me anything. There's no... no I oh, I wish I would dare. But I want to... I wish I'd been killed by the Bulgarians. There, there, Kunigan. Oh, don't you touch me, you brute. But uh, Why did this happen to me? Well, what I... did I do to deserve such a fate? You didn't do All I... day I slave over a hot stove and look at the things I get. Oh, very good. Look but... at them, Candide. Oh, I hate you. But, but... I loathe you. I wish you were dead, Candide. I wish I She wept for a quarter of an hour, and Candide stuffed his ears with cotton. Then, being a philosopher, he went off to play cards. And thus, you see, love and friendship came to sweeten the remainder of Candide's life. And now, dear listener, I shall take my leave from Candide. Two cards, Pangloss. And not from the bottom of the deck in this best of all possible worlds.
the curtain of the NBC University Theater falls on Voltaire's Candide, another in our series of radio plays based on the world's great stories. Candide was adapted for radio by Morton Wishingrad and has featured Eddie Bracken in the title role with Hans Conried as Dr. Pangloss, June Foray as Cunegon, and Rolf Sedan as Voltaire. Eddie Bracken may soon be seen in the Warner Brothers picture, The Girl from Jones Beach. Others in the cast included Richard Warner, Frank Gerstle, Georgia Backus, Don Diamond, Hal K. Dawson, Herb Litton, Bill Shaw, and Alec Harford. We invite you to listen again next week when the NBC University Theater presents Joseph Schilkraut in Peter Ibbotson by George de Maurier. The original music for this production was composed by Morris Mamorski and conducted by Henry Russell. Your director was Max Hutto. Productions of the NBC University Theater will be used during the academic year in conjunction with a course in American fiction under a college-by-radio plan at the University of Louisville. program came to you from Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.